much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And today I have the exquisite privilege of being with the founder of 7M Impact. That's right. Okay, good. Um, She is incredible. She has been in the field of marketplace leadership and entrepreneurialism, and she is a leader and a coach in that space. She has her own podcast, and she has been so influential in my life. And so I'm excited for us to grab coffee and just sit and visit and hear some of her story. Today, she's going to be extremely brave and share some of her own background, as today she's an incredible leader and where maybe she came from so that maybe you might identify with seasons of trauma or loss Mm -hmm. or disappointment and something that radically changes your life and how she navigated through that to not just survive, but really learned how to thrive and turn around and invest into others. So Linda, thank you for being here. My pleasure, Shannon. I've been looking forward to this. I value your friendship and all that you're doing. I'm so excited about your work. So this is going to be fun. I agree. All right. So you shared before we started camera that there is a story that you think would resonate with a lot of us who have gone through some kind of a trauma or event that would drastically change our lives. Well, you know, Shannon, I think everyone has something uh, that we can look back to in our lives that was a a severe pain point. It might have been a disappointment, might have been an accident, might have been an emotional wound. There's so many ways we get stuck or hurt at the point of that pain. And if it's okay, I'd love to share with you something happened to me when I was a young teenager that illustrates the point in my life. It's what I went through. Yes, please. My family had made a quick move to a different town. I was 14 years old. I was in the ninth grade. And how many of you know, it's very important how you look for school, especially (laughs) a new school in the ninth grade. Absolutely. And so I had a purple mini skirt laid out. And I, in that day, all the girls wore nylon stockings. You know, if you were Mm -hmm. anybody, you were going to wear your stockings. Mm -hmm. Now that's a whole new subject for another podcast, (laughs) but just to set the record straight, (laughs) I uh, had on nylon stockings and I was doing my hair, working on my hair in the mirror. I had on a bathrobe. And in this little country house where my mom and dad had moved me and my little brother, there was a big hot water heater in the center of the bathroom that was uh, fueled by a gas called butane, the butane type of gas. And uh, it was a crazy morning. We had moved in a rush. It was a traumatic time in our family, actually, for other reasons as well. And so we're all just trying to get it together. My dad's trying to get us out the door to school. My mom was in a back room resting. She had been through a lot and was a bit emotionally uh, distressed for other reasons. So she just was in a back room in the bed, you know, just doing what she had to do. Everybody was doing what she had to do, right? And so uh, when my daddy came in this bathroom, it was a big bathroom to sit, to kneel down and light the pilot for the hot water heater. I was in there working on my beautiful hair. My little brother's right here nearby, four years younger. So I'm 14, he's 10. And I want to tell you what happened next changed our entire lives to this day. When my dad 
lit that match to light the pilot, the entire room blew up in a butane explosion because butane had been leaking into the house all night long. And we had no idea because at that time in butane gas, there was no scent added. So it could not be smelled. And so uh, this explosion literally ignited in front of us such that everywhere we looked, there were there were flames of fire just reaching for me, for my little brother, for my daddy, because we were all kind of right there in the vicinity. And it was a, a shocking moment that changed everything. And somehow my dad got me and my little brother out of that bathroom, called the fire department, got my mom together and got us all to a hospital. In the hospital, I remember laying in the emergency room while the staff were assessing my burns. And I remember their faces looked very worried. Gosh. I, I, I myself was really in shock. I now understand. Yeah. But in the car on the way to the hospital, there was smoke just wafting up off out of my legs. Oh. And um, what I came to understand later is that those nylon stockings I had put on had attracted the heat even more so because butane as a gas stays low to the ground and the nylon attracted the flames. And so my legs had borne the worst brunt of the injuries of all of us because of this perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that smoke was actually from what had occurred with these stockings melting into my legs. So we're in the emergency room. And uh, my dad's being treated and assessed in another room. My little brother's in another room, same thing. Um, my mom was so emotionally upset. She had to go with her mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, had, she was a wonderful mother in her best times. And she also struggled greatly with depression at different sure. times. And yeah. so she just couldn't get in there with that. And, and I understand that, actually. It's a, a subject for another day. Yeah. But um, that's just the, the lay of the land. Well, my Sunday school teacher from church showed up in the emergency room because the people had called her. There was a small town Mm -hmm. closely knit and they knew she'd been little Linda Lowe. That was my maiden name's uh, Sunday school teacher. And there she was. And she stayed with me through those first several days. Now, what happened next is that I began to really kind of lose, uh, I don't know if I lost consciousness actually, but kind of just went into a state of shock. Mm -hmm. I had bandages from my mid thigh down to the bottom of my feet. My arms were bandaged. My hair was all toasted out. My lips were swollen up huge. I had burns on my stomach. So I was on a bed in the emergency room or the room I was taken to. I felt so bandaged everywhere was just bandages and my lips were so thirsty and crusted over in my Sunday school teacher, Evelyn Cochran. She's still living. She's such a saint to me would drop little pieces of ice on my lips or put them in my mouth. And she was my one physical contact with anybody at that point in my life. This first night, Shannon, uh, I came to find out later that our church had prayer chains going on. That's where you, somebody prays for at this at two two, and they called someone else. They pray at three and on the way through. So prayers were going up all night long. They said the Lowe family is in trouble and Linda Lowe may not make it through the night. Wow. That night, I felt that my body was lifting up off the bed. 
And I would startle awake and think I've got to get back on the bed. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was on the bed, but my life hung in the balance. And I know now that was the time when it was most critical uh, that these people were praying that my life would be saved. As things um, progressed, I had to be moved to a burn unit in Galveston, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, This all happened there in Wharton, not too far from there. And... um, I was separated from my dad and brother who were in different hospitals and my mom had gone to be with her mother. So I was very much alone in certain ways. And it's a place where there are a lot of children crying and Mm. a lot of people hurting because it was a children's hospital. So just the sound of the trauma, the pain of changing bandages every day because they would wrap them every day and unwrap them every night. It was excruciatingly painful. And all of this... I heard myself and I can remember it like yesterday, just asking the Lord, where were you? Mm-hmm. Did you see this was going to happen? Did I do something wrong? That's the thing I think we ask ourselves a lot of times. Did I do something wrong? Yeah. You know, God, where were you? And in the long nights, I was reminded of a, a Bible story about a potter and a piece of clay. Mm-hmm. And that the potter's working to shape a clay vessel. And in the story, it says, what if that clay sat up and said to the potter, what do you think you're doing? Here? <laughs> and it's like, I realized I was kind of doing that with God. Like, where were you? What happened here? Didn't you see this coming? What's going mm-hmm. on? I'm your little Linda Lowe, the, the preacher's daughter, you know? Yeah. And in a moment, I just understood he was with me. And had he not been with me, I would not have been on the planet at that moment at all, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so it was kind of a aha moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is with me. He did save me. I'm alive, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, I remembered, I said, well, you know what? As I heard in Sunday school, this God that kept me alive, he's the one who made the lame to walk, heard stories about it all my childhood and the blind to see. And I said, and Lord, I ask that you would heal my legs Mm. without skin grafts. Uh, When you have third degree burns, all three layers of skin are removed. Mm. It's just like large open wounds. And um, And that doesn't heal naturally. It does not heal without a skin graft from a donor or from another place on your body. Okay. That was on the, and it's your thighs through your toes, legs. Yes. I had on loafers at the time. So the wow. bottom of my feet didn't get burned, but on from the top of my feet wow. up to the mid thigh was like that. And it's a 14 year old girl. I know. It's not I lost thought on me. nobody <laughs> is going to oh. want me now. I thought that. And of course, mm-hmm. I'll just zip to the clothes on that. The hunk of hunk of burning love Rick Fields wanted me. We've been <laughs> married almost 48 years, but, um, there's hope hope. (laughs) in that moment um I started asking God for a miracle and it wasn't like I was thunder there was thunder and lightning I didn't see an angel in the room no no big theatrical effects from heaven I just said God I remember the stories of you doing these things and I asked you to heal my legs without skin grafts Mm. so it's just like a waking prayer uh, on my bed just coming and going and um, so one day the doctors came in surrounded my bed and they're there from all over the world. Shannon, people come from many countries to uh, study what goes on in these specialized burn centers. So they were circled my bed. They all had their charts and their clipboards, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. making their notes. Right. And having their glasses talking about the date for my skin grafts. 
And one of the doctors says, um, you know what? Maybe we should watch this a little bit. He said, it looks like little patches of skin are starting to come together. All right. This is not scripted. This is just what happened. So I sit up in the bed and in a burn unit, everybody looks a fright. Mm -hmm. I'll just say it. Mm -hmm. So you have skin hanging off of you. Yeah. You have scarring. You're, it, you know, the talk in the elevator on the way to physical therapy is who's getting a new ear. Or, oh, uh, so it's a whole new ball game, yeah. whole new social deal there. Yeah. And so uh, when he said that, I sat up flinging skin around, you know, and just getting my plate, my head up off the pillow in the bed. And I said, <clears throat> you know, I said, the great physician is on my case. <laughs> That's awesome for a 14 year old girl. So they're making notes and I know they're saying, call Dr. Shannon, get the psychologist in yeah. here, get the counselors in here. This girl needs some help, but I never had a skin graft day by day, wow. a little more skin, a little more wow. skin. And then I did have to walk again. Wow. You uh, were able to walk. Again? I had to learn to walk had to again. Learn. Yes. At 14 years of age, no sense of balance. Whoa. Uh, it's just starting over like a little baby. Wow. <laughs> Is that because you were in the bed for so long? There was like muscle atrophy? Probably both. I never brain? actually asked that question, but wow. like I would lay on a table uh, and they would raise it like a certain, to a certain degree. And the next mm -hmm. day, a little more, a little more. So, you know, you had to learn to bear your own weight again. Oh. Also, they had to wrap my legs in very tight ace bandages or they would, the skin that came back was very thin and yeah. very scarred. Yeah. And so uh, it was a big deal to learn to walk again, but the Lord really uh, met me in that and wow. uh, showed me that something that was so tragic yeah. had uh, marvelous life lessons in it of, mm. uh, if I could see them. Yes. No. And I think that's the key. Can you unpack that? Because I think a lot of you listening and me included, we've gone through really terrible things that are unfair and unjust and painful. And so we don't want to minimize the traumas that you've gone through, the victimization and just painful events. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a big part of the victory of overcoming that, which is called post-traumatic growth. When you have a narrative of deciding the perspective you're going to own based on your story, instead of just allowing any old story to be your version of the events. And so I think knowing where Linda is today, meeting her in adulthood and not knowing her background, I'm in awe, I'm riveted because this is the first time I'm hearing the story as well. And so I pray that this encourages you that mm -hmm. if you have yes. some things that are maybe a little bit more fresh and you still feel like you're on the operating table, metaphorically or literally <laughs> or whatever, um, that this would bring such encouragement to you to see somebody who has gone through something so life altering and she really probably should have died. Uh, I mean, a gas explosion in that close of proximity mm -hmm. um, to live and not only to live, but what happens next? You know, I... Uh, found it was important to tell my story mm -hmm. as soon as possible. And, and in mm -hmm. the prayer time with, in the hospital, I said, God, if you decide to do this, you know, I'll tell people everywhere. And so, um, I, I probably, uh, about uh, three or four years after that started having real opportunities to tell what had happened yeah. because it was a miracle. And so I got chances to talk about it in groups or clubs or so what was the actual miracle because you're saying I the was, baby skin came back what happened next well the first miracle was uh living through it the yes. second miracle was having uh third degree burns healed without skin grafts oh yeah drop the mic <laughs> no no skin grafts it was 
it was very amazing. Wow. Um, I told that story, but you know what? I still had scars to live with. Oh. And what ninth grade girl wants to go to school wearing these big thick stockings because I had mm -hmm. to the skin was thin yeah I needed the support we sure. called them support stockings and um my mom in that time was doing great mm -hmm. had really had a big comeback and she bought me fishnet hose in every color <gasps> this is like 1967 so oh. I had black fishnet hose and white and yellow and red yeah, and so ball. you know I just went on cute I just went on but I did wonder who would ever love me yeah. a girl with these scarred legs and i met uh, my husband in junior college and it was never an issue wow. you know sometimes we think things are yeah. life stoppers yeah. progress stoppers yeah stuck you know literally stuck forever and i just uh love going on record to say no god there's nothing there is nothing yeah. God won't work you through. Yeah. And I got another. Uh, so you still had the scars and he was still attracted to you. That's right. Okay. Because a lot of times it's like, oh, everything's perfect. And now the person comes. But to be like, hey, I'm still just a girl with stuff. And I'm not perfect and wrapped together in a gold bow. And so it still worked out even in the midst of life's imperfections. You know, if he had married me for the skin on my legs, that would have been a real problem. So. <laughs> You're more than just your trauma and your scars. I think we all need to hear that. That's true. I mean, it was to the extent I like, uh, we would have college trips where our, some of our clubs would go to the beach. Well, I want to go to the beach. And so, I mean, I rigged these outfits up. I, I don't know if I should tell this in mixed company. I may not go into the whole thing, but I had a way to go to the beach. Just trust me. And my scars were visible, but I was fully covered one way or another. Mm -hmm. And um, it just didn't keep me down. Now it Good. could have. Yeah. And I want to go one step further with this because a lot of times we want to wait and see how it works out mm. before we're able to actually work through something yeah. or decide to put it in perspective and yeah. go on. Mm -hmm. Like we can stay stuck for decades yeah. about a rejection in junior high or an accident or yeah. just fill in the blank. I'll raise my hand there. <laughs> um, when I was in my fast forward, uh -huh. when I was in my forties, I was on a trip to a training convention. And so I was in uh, Chicago and at the airport, um, you know, there wasn't, didn't seem to be such a high prospect of getting in the cab with a maniac in that time, <laughs> but I shared a cab with a man. I did not know who was going to the same hotel. It seemed like an okay thing, <laughs> but, um, in the cab, we were just chatting and, uh, he said, what do you do? And I said, well, I teach college business. I'm here for a training convention. What about you? He said, oh, I'm a burn doctor and I'm here for a burn convention. Whoa. And this is what time frame since your burns? Well, I, I was 14 when the accident happened. This is when I'm in my 40s. Wow. Fast forward. After a while, you got to kind of just start chalking it up in decades here. But yeah. You got to keep track over your life because God connects dots here is the mm -hmm. point. Exactly. So uh, I'm thinking, you just think you're here for a burn convention. You're here for this cab ride. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and so I began telling him my story about the burns. And when I told him about the way they healed being third degree burns without skin grafts, he really could not quite fathom it. Mm -hmm. I could watch on his face the reaction. He's he was just like squinting his eyes, looking out the window, Whoa. you know, just reckoning with it. Yeah. And um he said, that doesn't happen. I said, right. I just let it sit. 
And then it got better. He said, well, tell me what kind of treatment or meditation or mm-hmm. what they do. Sure. And I said, well, I don't remember the names of any medications, but what I will never forget is being lowered in hot whirlpool baths over a hundred degrees temperature twice a day up to my neck to get uh, dead skin off and fight infection. And I said, I will never forget that. When I told the experience to him, he's looking at me in the back. We're both in the backseat of the cab. His eyes literally go to the window, looking out the window, like, on tilt, you know, and uh, he did that thing where when somebody's thinking and their forehead kind of goes up, you know, it's like, what is this about? Makes sense of it. He looked back at me and he said, ma'am, he said, I just have to tell you, we do not do that anymore. He said that treatment was found to spread septic shock and (gasps) over 70% of the people that endured that treatment died. Oh my gosh. And when he said that, I literally got chills over my whole body. Yeah, I have them right now. And it was like God was just saying to me in my heart, girl, you know some ways I've protected you and taken care of you, but I've stood in and saved you in ways you have no idea. Yeah. So what if I'd gotten bitter, even though I was walking Mm -hmm. because of the scarring? Yeah. What if I'd spent those decades, I wouldn't have been telling a story in a cab to anybody. Right. And I would have missed so much. And uh, I just like to tell people when you have that temptation just to get Mm -hmm. offended at God and blame God for the terrible lot you've been dealt in life. Sure. It is not worth it. Like, I don't care what you have to do to make sense of it or get to the root of it or call Dr. Shannon and go through some inner healing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, you need to straighten out your theology and your thought processes because I tell people, don't let anything get between you and God for over five minutes. I mean, like give yourself a day, but Hey, Mm -hmm. it is not worth what it costs you emotionally and personally to, to do the blame thing with God. And I, I have found when people say, I went through this, I went through that. And I've heard some pretty riveting stories myself. Yeah. And uh, they go, they're like, I can't understand where God was. I have had people, well, just go ask the Lord where he was. I like, just get quiet before him yeah. and think through the experience and just say, Lord, would you show me where you were? Yeah. And most times people are able to see God did something they hadn't yet understood or been able to see. Mm -hmm. And uh, so whatever it is that gets us stuck is so worth doing the Mm -hmm. thinking and praying to decide what it's going to mean to us. You get to decide the narrative to a large degree. Exactly. Right. Is it, how do you help people do that? I know that's one of your, yeah, passions, big deals that you help so many people exactly. with. Exactly. So just this week, I had a um, inner healing session for myself because I am of the opinion wow. that lifelong, right? Like we never arrive unless your name mm-hmm. is uh, Emmanuel, Jesus, uh, you probably have stuff and the Lord's a gentleman. And so he only does things a layer at a time. So as a discipline, I make sure that I'm getting my own inner healing as a regular, just like 
flossing, you know, like I need to run <laughs> and exercise it. and sleep and I need inner healing. Um, so I had a session this week and working through how some of my personality structure was uh, defending against some things. And uh, it was the first time I went back to the room when I, when my mom actually passed away. Mm. So many of you know that I'm currently walking through that con- like very concurrent to starting this podcast. Um, the opportunity to do the podcast happened at the same time that my mom was transitioning to heaven. Mm. So in the middle of all this, it's been really fun and there's awesome excitement and there's shock denial is incredible. I think it's like a drug. It made me feel very powerful and productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the first time that I had gone back to the room and I just started bawling mm-hmm. and I felt those feelings like, God, you resurrected Lazarus. You resurrect all kinds of other people. Why did you not resurrect my mom? And I felt this immediate fear of what if I get angry at God and I lose that relationship. And so I was, there was a part of me that was really wrestling to not shut down because there was so much pain and then fear and anxiety of the loss of that relationship. Um, so some of you might be on the side where you're like, God is to blame. And then other people might be on the side where it's like, I'm anxiously afraid of expressing anger because what if it threatens the relationship on both sides? And it's aborting the grieving process because you're what's called foreclosing or you're prematurely coming to a end belief system about something. So either somebody's to blame God, yourself, somebody else, and then you stay stuck there. And then that causes bitterness and resentment and uh, what, what's called the bitter root. And it defiles many. It just causes us to be kind of negative energy in the world. And then on the other side, where we're so anxiously afraid of expressing anger, which is part of my template from my childhood, that I was projecting that onto God, that it wasn't safe to express anger. So based on that trauma and that event, my soul got really stuck and I wasn't able to move past that. And so that's where, one, I didn't even know I was stuck and that's where God is funny how he'll set up something. And I was doing it actually for the podcast to interview the person to experience it first before (laughs) I'm going to put that person out there in the world. Um, And it was so meaningful to be able to walk through that in my own journey of healing, because the narrative that I walked away with in that moment, which I didn't know it was unconscious, is that Jesus was far away and distant. And I didn't know emotionally that I had walked around with God's there, but he's just kind of a little bit distant and he just allows bad things to happen and you just got to make the best of it. Um, And so when I recognized that, when I walked in the room and I saw that my good theology fortunately knew that's not true. And so I if you're listening to this, maybe in your own journey, you can say, I reject the lie that God is distant, unavailable, that he just allows bad things to happen. He's just kind of benignly Mm -hmm. uninterested. And so then I said, that's a lie. I recognize the truth that Jesus is actually really present. He's invested. He feels my pain. He feels hate and anger and frustration when I'm being hurt because I'm the apple of his eye. And that's what I know theologically, even though I'm still in the middle of tears going, this doesn't feel true. I'm actually really angry and hurt and sad and confused that my mom wasn't resurrected when we were praying for her Mm. to be. Um, And so then he showed me a new picture where he was standing behind me and his hand was on my back. And then I saw myself pregnant in the spirit. So not immaculate conception. This is a spirit pregnancy. Um, And he was showing me that the faith I was building through that time of prayer and intercession, that I may not have gotten the result that I wanted, but it led to a spiritual pregnancy of this podcast and platform and all that God is opening. And so there's a different narrative. One, I could be like, well, I prayed God did nothing 
based on my preconceived ideas, right? right? We can become very bitter and resentful and create that narrative. And like she said, if I stayed bitter, she wouldn't have told that story. She wouldn't know that that was a living miracle that she's walked through. And for many of you, it's really enticing to just kind of stay, keep that pain inside, Mm -hmm. not go there. I get it. I I don't want to do the snot cry either, you know, (laughs) but when we do, we can finally capture what are those core beliefs? What is the deeper lie? What's the unconscious narrative? I'm telling myself about that story. And I didn't know as much as I consciously love and trust Jesus. I didn't know that I was emotionally starting to believe that he was just kind of distant, allowing bad things to happen. And so on the inside, when I can capture that lie, reject it. And so for many of you, you want to write down right now, unless you're driving, uh, what are the lies that I might be believing based on that um, crisis, that trauma, that event that I went through or relationship, whatever you've been through, and then start rejecting it based on the truth, capital letter truth, not based on your emotions. And then you're transitioning to say, okay, what does my soul need to have a new interpretation of that same event? My spirit man was strong and I have good theology and I know I'll see my mom again. I know she's a warrior and she's a great cloud of witnesses and I'm, you know, awesome. But my soul was not in that place and I hadn't given time and permission. And I think that many of us where if we don't take the time to Linda's perspective, what she's sharing today, then all that bitterness can grow and lies can really fester inside of the unconscious mind. And so I love her story. I love how she's sharing. Um, And I just wanted to pop in here with a little bit of um, just strategy to walk that out and then ask the Lord until you see a different picture. Another time he showed me for a different trauma in my life, his nail uh, or his uh, skin that had been ripped by the cat Mm. nine tails. And so he showed me that's where I was when you were having Mm. X event uh, trauma happening in your life. And so there's a new perspective, a new narrative that will help you to grieve, honor the experience, the emotion, and then grow and get stronger. And like in the picture the Lord gave me is not only are you birthing something, but something legacy will come from this season where you have prayed and believed and you didn't get the outcome you wanted, but you continued to trust me and love me. And now wait until you see what I do in your life. And I could say the exact same about Linda Fields, the CEO and founder of 7M Impact and how much she has impacted the world. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty exciting. And I'm all about that. Yes. And I, I love the fact that when God lets us go through these uh, different things, you fill in the blank with your own story. It's really like an opportunity to decide who God's going to be to you. Exactly. He will be everything. He is everything, but unless you're able to believe it and yeah. access it and lay hold of it, mm-hmm. then you can't appropriate yes. that in, in your life. And so I just want to say to those listening or watching that um, with what Dr. Shannon's doing and with what people like myself are talking about, we're all on this mission to help people be fully alive. Yeah. And not to hold back Mm -hmm. and not to dumb it down. Right now, there's just so much um, Mm -hmm. noise about what you can and can't say or can or can't believe. Look, don't Mm -hmm. cower. Don't Mm -hmm. shut down. This is the time we need to be alive more fully than any other time that I've been on the planet. Yes. And so uh, I think that there's sort of a rallying cry of, of leaders in, in the realm of seven impact or seven M culture 
where um, put any label on it you want, but what is it? It's a man or a woman whose heart is alive unto God. You work through the pain, you get the perspective you need to go on and fully enter in to what God has for you. So I think we're entering a very exciting time until we're under pressure. We don't always know what's in there. Yeah. And, yes. and the pressure's on. So exactly. I think this is our time to shine. Shannon. I agree. And yeah. thank you everybody for watching this episode. And we will have many more um, opportunities to hear from Linda Fields. And if you are struggling with something, please don't go through pain alone. It's so imperative to be in community. There's great therapists out there. There's people who do inner healing and freedom ministry. Uh, so there's just many routes and we want to make sure we're putting some links down there. I don't benefit from that yeah. in any ways. Uh, but I am a human and I know what it's like to have pain and not know what to do with it. And relational wounds require relational medicine. So don't be shy to get the emotional needs healed so that you can enjoy your family and your kids and your vocation and pursuing the things that make your heart happy. Uh, we are excited to champion you and support you and what you're doing. So please make sure you subscribe and comment and share this video. So we can, or podcast as well. It'll be both, um, that we can help more people. We love you guys. And we'll see you for the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Unlock You. It is our dream to invest in you. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting more of the bonus material, the content, and to know about future events. Head to the website, drshannoncrawford.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll be the first to know what we're rolling out. And we want you to truly get unlocked so that you can thrive, not only for yourself, but also for the greater calling on your life. Let's link arms and do it together. See you in the next episode.